welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm Slade. I'm, I'm Best Wapple for a change. <laughs> Ooh, there's a bold statement. Bold statement there. <laughs> Cotton, let's see if it pays off. Um, guys, today's episode, we are going to be talking a ReaperCon review. John has the night off. Kathy is in the chat channel, so we're uh, always happy to have her there. Uh, but today we have uh, Big Gem Slade from Big Big Gem Slade Gaming. Uh, we get another good shout out on the <clears throat> chat for that man's channel. <clears throat> and we have um, James Wapple. And if we can get also a shout out for his Twitch channel. So everybody can see, make sure that they can go over there and see that. Um, but today we're going to be talking about ReaperCon. John has a night off. Um, so, that, but let's go ahead and get to the real business real quick. Uh, we want to thank Turbo Dork for all of their stuff. We have given away all of their gifts and certificates. So, I will be talking to them at Warfare Weekend, see if they want to do some more sponsorship. Um, if you like uh, color shifting paint, metallic paint, go check them out. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis. Uh, they are trying to get their uh, site back up so everybody can re host things. It's just taking a little bit longer than usual. So, um, you can find us on all the other channels. We want to thank Mini Masterworks for all the cool things he does. And if you like anything of this store, you can use uh, what was it? MMW, wait, more than dice, MMW 10, and you can get 10% off anything at the store. Um, and also Parabellum War Games, Makers of Conquest, which Jim will be painting up some uh, Wadroon Velociraptor writers. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> You can also get a discount there um, at uh, their store if you buy anything from them using our affiliate code. And Midnight Heroes. If you were at ReaperCon, Midnight Hero was at ReaperCon, and they released a bunch of new miniatures and their <coughs> new mini game, um, Duel of Fates, which he will also be bringing to Warfare Weekend. Uh, so you could pick up some of uh, those miniatures and kind of play that game. So um, I think I got everybody. Did I get everybody? Jim, you're supposed to know this, both of you. Um, sure. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> um, you're supposed to like cover my butt on this. Um... Oh no, no, you're hanging out there, dude. Sorry. <laughs> uh, wasn't Gillette one of your other sponsors? No, Gillette is not one of our sponsors. Um, but uh, so this week we're going to be discussing all the ReaperCon news. Uh, because Big Jim Slade went, and he's going to tell us everything that happened and uh, what all he bought, what all he didn't buy, what all he did. Mm -hmm. But we have to get to the, the second most important part of the show. Um, let's see. We have to uh, shout out to anybody pass away this week? I don't know. Just my dignity. <laughs> oh, that's that. Mine's been in the ground for many years. Many, many I, years. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't gone anywhere from me, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I mean, the queen. The queen passed away. Uh, longest reigning queen. What was it 70 some odd years? Yeah. And she was 96. That's pretty old. Uh, um, I don't think. Uh... Yeah, I can't think of anybody else right off the top of my head. Um, hold on, I'm going to check the chat channel. Um, da, 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 da. This interlude brought to you by the sponsor that Gonzo forgot to mention and will remember later. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Gillette. I, it probably was. I mean, Either that was Charmin. 
I have no clue. <clears throat> Didn't say anything. Stamps. Stamps. Can't remember anybody like else. Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. Re- don't remember anybody. But uh, we have a good shout out for that. Um, also, um, Jim Slade, what are you yes. drinking? Uh, I am drinking a little bit of a rum lemonade punch that I made. Um, the, the last of it, in fact. So just chilling with this, and it's a little bit of um, uh, local, actually, of New England rum. Oh. And uh, Wapple? I've got my blackberry ginger ale and Kraken. Nice. I, I'm going and being the nice boy tonight, and uh, nothing but water. Um, I'm in, I've got some type of thing going on. I'm not sure what it is right now. Um, but I've got like a lot of, uh, inflammation in my chest. So I have to, my chest walls are inflamed. And so I've got to take some medication for that. So I'm drinking water. So guys, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate We appreciate everything you do listening here or, on all of our multimedia links. We appreciate it. Um, please take care of yourself. Please watch out for each other. Cheers. 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 Oh, man. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, this is like... Oh, is that is that is that some fine water you got going That's there? some fine um, filtered water from the refrigerator. Mm. <laughs> going top shelf top shelf on that um so ReaperCon happened this last weekend last mm-hmm. week technically because it's it starts very early in the week type thing and goes for quite a while thursday i thought it started like wednesday no no oh. a lot of people arrive on wednesday and do a lot of setup and on wednesday evening they have sort of a meet and greet type of you know cookout or whatever yeah uh but the con doesn't actually start till thursday morning okay. thursday and then runs to midday sunday okay uh so like i said if uh we're running a um right before the um uh what is it called the media section we will be doing a giveaway so make sure that you get in your raffle tickets um to get that going so um slide it's all you. Tell us about ReaperCon. Yeah. What is ReaperCon? So ReaperCon, <clears throat> hold on, i got to get a little drink here. <clears throat> uh, ReaperCon is basically a miniature, miniatures can con with a lot of gaming and other things that's put on by Reaper, uh, Reaper Miniatures. Uh, they're based in Denton, Texas. Uh, they do their con down there. There's a lot of artists that come down there. There's uh, classes. There's the MSP Open, which is a competition of sorts. Um, and uh, just a lot of fun. It's it's a very, honestly, it's one of the more relaxed cons for uh, that I've gone to, where uh, everybody's just sort of there and having a good time and chilling and we'll set up um our basic our paint stations and on a table and people will just mill around and if they're not in a class or doing one of the activities uh sit around and just sort of socialize and swap swap uh you know 
swap secrets or just you know shoot the breeze with people that you see maybe once a year or on their streams or whatever um and uh it's a good opportunity to get feedback on your work from uh the pros and they put on a really they put on a really good time they put a lot of work into it uh to make it a, a fun con so um well i have a question i've never been to sure. Recon. never mm-hmm. been there um kind of I, I i'm not saying it's not my type of con but from what i can tell it's something i would just go to be a hangout with sure because i'm more of a player than you know an artiste type of thing so if you get what i'm saying so do they have like tournaments or miniature games is there something like so, structured structure just like a normal convention so there's um, a number of various RPGs that go on during the con. So the, it's it's in a um, was it uh, I think it's Embassy NBC Suites Convention Center, and so there's the big convention room where they have a number of the big circular, you know, the cafeteria type tables that you have in the church halls or things like that. Tons of those spread across the hall, and people will set up kind of camp there. Uh, there's vendors row and in the lobby and in some of the halls, they will also have gaming tables set up. Uh, some are vendors, uh, hawking their newest game or having demos of their newest game. There's a number of D and D or TTRPGs in general that run throughout the entire weekend that you can sign up for to participate or run. Uh, there's a lot of pickup games. There isn't games like there aren't war games like you'll have in warfare weekend necessarily it's not those kind of miniatures most of them are fantasy they do have a sci-fi line um but it isn't organized the same way that you would have uh turn you know your um uh, war cry tournaments or anything like that so is there like a vendor hall or yes okay yeah there's a big there's a there's a good size vendor hall and you talked about midnight heroes they had a fantastic booth i may have spent a decent amount of money there (laughs) um uh, including this new larger chibi unicorn that is going to be um hopefully a favorite christmas present for my niece this 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 winter (laughs) um no, they, they have a, a good size. It actually had a bigger vendor hall this year than last year. A lot of things were bigger for obvious reasons. Last year, it was toned down a lot. They were limited to the number of people they could have. Um, but no, they had they had some great, great vendors in there. Uh, I'm still going through all my business cards that I collected while I was there. I had to kind of limit my spending a little bit because I was flying. <laughs> um so I, I couldn't take home the the, the three foot dice tower that I, I eyed for a little while. Uh, I may bribe the artist to to send me the STL because um, it's it's it was amazing. It was this wonderful tower with minarets and um, uh, it was just it was beautiful. Um, but no, uh, uh, artists they had a bunch of. Um, oh gosh, I'm called, drawing like on the vehicle. It's called Artist Alley, right? And they have about thirty artists or so. There. Oh yeah. Well, some of the vendors, though, so there were like Christine Van Patten had her own booth, for example, with Moonlight Minis. Uh, Artist Row is different. That's on the other side of the hall, and yes, it's it's four rows uh, of artists, both the sculptors, like 
um, Bobby Jackson and Christine Van Patten and some others, but also artists like Yeji Kim and Ann Forrester and uh, just a slew of people that were in there, the teachers, uh, a whole bunch of different artists. Um, and they were all super approachable and super friendly um, and more than happy to talk. I loved how one of the artists, and I don't know who he was, I never got back to find out his name, must have spent about a half an hour talking to these two roughly 10-year-old kids who had brought their minis in and were showing him the painting that they did on it. And he just sat with them, and it was it was wonderful watching it. I was, I was really enjoying watching it from where we were sitting. So <clears throat> you said whenever you go to set up, do you have to buy a space if you want to set up a game or whatever? Or was it just like no. you, you so, just claimed a spot? Pop to squat. If, if you're if you are ven if you're a vendor, yes. Gotcha. So yeah. if you're pitching a game, of course you have to do that. Uh, they do have signups where you can put your name in and say, "I'd like to run a game," and they will have uh, you will be able to get they'll get one of the reserved tables. Uh, there are a number of tables though that are free for all. In fact, uh, Asmo and myself and a number of the Nightheart folks kind of did that. We just sat down at one of the tables, uh, found out that in a half hour it was going to be used by somebody else that had reserved it. So we just moved one table over and we started playing. <laughs> um, and there's a number of board games too. They have this big board game checkout about board game library too. So people were doing that as well. Um, like I said, it's, it's a very relaxed, I'm, I'm not going to say unstructured because it, it is far from unstructured. Uh, but it was a very relaxed con. There isn't all this pressure to do a million things. I only took three classes. I took one a day because last year I kind of burned myself out a little on classes. Didn't get to do the activities. So, but I know others, uh, one of the other uh, Twitch streamers, she took like seven or eight classes. Dang. She was in classes the whole time. Um, so there was, it, 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 it's a, it's a make, make your own con type of thing. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, also, um, sort of this free for all activity setup they have. Uh, I think it was, um, and I know, I think Asma might still be in chat. I think it's like every two hours they have this different activity that happens in this area. There's a speed paint. There's a, uh, what they call Sophie says. Sophie is one of the mascots of the Reaper Company, and it's a Simon Says painting. And you walk around with your with your stuff, and it's uh, as you're painting and walking around and doing a Simon Says game. Uh, things along those, a lot of fun, just general activities along those lines. It is a lot smaller than your Adepticons. And oh yeah, like that. So I don't, I, I don't like using the word intimate because it's not super appropriate but it becomes a little bit more so in a smaller con like that because i think the saturday night is the big night with all the awards yes. for the msp and then sunday is the big auction or no it's yeah it's the auction right with the reaper bucks and everything so they don't do the they haven't done the auction the past couple of years uh what they have is sort of a reaper bucks store uh we did there was a that's right kathy does remind me in chat there was a gummy bear painting contest that if I'm not mistaken, she started, we continued to do that this year. Um, a lot of folks uh, came up to me and said, you know, that we, everybody missed having Jim and Kathy there. And we made sure that uh, they, they were not forgotten. 
Uh, we even used a bunch of gummy bears in the minis for a ridiculous game that we uh, of D&D that we played on Sunday morning on their stream. Okay. Um. And somebody might have been a, a Wapple imposter while they were there. Uh, okay. I heard there was a big drama, and there was a lot of drama because someone was being an uh, imposter of a Wapple. Gosh, I hope Asmodeus Soulpire is still in chat here. So we had set up a our table. It was sort of the Pyro Club table, which is our our stream community and a bunch of others. It, yeah, it was not really drama. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> um, and I don't have the tag down here. I am mad at myself for not having it here. So we were sitting and painting, and I have um, I have these my magnifiers. So I have that on, my hair pulled back on the ponytail, and I'm hunched over painting something. And somebody comes up to me, this couple comes over carrying a box. And they're like, excuse me, um, are, are you Jim Wapple? And I'm like trying to figure out the best response here as I look across the table and I see Asmo just giving himself a concussion with the face palm of all the people to do this, it's me. Um, and I said, uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, and they were very, very nice. They were sweet. They had a box of assorted, really random art supplies that they had collected, but were never going to use and thought it would be, you know, something that uh, Jim and Kathy might like. Because uh, it was, he, I didn't go through it. He said there was just some oddball, oddball stuff. We sat and chatted for a little while, and I got, uh, I talked to Kathy and got a, an address for them to send it to because they were, really wanted to send it and get it over to them. Um, and then they came back later, and on Re at ReaperCon, there's these little ribbons that have uh, sticky on one part, and people have a lot of custom ribbons, and you have them hanging off your badge. Uh, some cons do pins, some do others. ReaperCon, it's this long trail of ribbons. Uh, they had taken some uh, a gold paint pen and wrote a ribbon for me, Wapple Imposter, and presented that to me <laughs> later on. So it, it was prominently on my badge. Uh, and I told, I, I mentioned it to Kathy, and I was really glad that I at least, you know, got got her, got gave her a good laugh. And then um, uh, her and Jim got a big kick out of it. And I'm really glad for that, uh, that it was it was all uh, funny. They were they were super nice. I talked to them a few more times during the con. Uh, just really a really, really nice young couple. Um, very much into into painting. Uh, I just really like it because for a change, I am not the worst best Wapple. <laughs> <laughs> so I so apparently Jim later on somebody came into your stream and told you about it and so I was declared the third best Wapple there on your stream. Yeah, because I'm always uh, Kathy is always best Wapple. Oh, of course she is. And and the most recent Wapple always has to be the worst best Wapple. So <laughs> just by by default, I'm in the middle. So that I claim that as my trophy. That is my <laughs> I am the patron saint of mediocrity then of mediocre you're, Wapples. You're the, you're the middle child. <laughs> and then when I came home, my son was cracking up because my son knows everybody in, in the community. My wife had no idea what was so funny for a little while. And she's like, so they mistook you for somebody? I'm like, but you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to be there. You got to know the people. Right. 
I'll just have to have the next time we're both at a convention together. I will have to have just a monstrous uh, blue wig with the super <laughs> curls going on, so then then we can really confuse platform, everybody. Platform yeah. shoes, so you could be as tall as him. Well, that was one of the things. If I make it out to an Adepticon, if you need a break, I'll just sit down there and pretend I'm you for a little while. It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got used to it. There was several Gen Cons in the dealers' rooms where I had, I think I was wearing a different badge every day. I was like Juarez one day, and I was, you know, Jalito the next day. I had to put on different accents each day just to match my membership badge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have done that. That would have been great. Because it's all dry mark. Uh, it's all Sharpie and dry mark for the badge. Oh, that would have been, that, that's, I'm going to do that next time. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we'll just have you, we'll get you like a Blackhawks hat or something like that and a White Sox jersey so you can wear that. And we can just, uh, it'll be like trading places, right? It'll be just like that. All right. For this, I'll wear a White Sox jersey. For this, I'll do that. (laughs) I'm a Boston native. There's a thing here, but it's fine. I'm good. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yes, and on Saturday night, yeah, that's true. The MSP Open is um, their painting competition. Um, that it, it, there are awards given out, but it is more for um, you know if you win something that's that's awesome. But you also get really good, valuable feedback from the judges on your work. Um, and I want to give a shout out to um, <clears throat> Asmo, who won, I believe, a bronze. And did you win a silver? Gosh, I forget. And one of the people from the um, on his first ReaperCon, uh, Geltip, who's a streamer in the Pyro Club community, who won a bronze and a silver on his first uh, first ReaperCon. Um, I was going to enter, and I was working on a piece, um, and I did not bring it because uh, I got I got angry at it. Uh, it was not working out. As a matter of fact, it's right here. This little guy here. Um, I was really angry on the way he was he was working out, and I was not. I did so. I had to step away from it, um, and I wasn't going to be able to finish it in time. But uh, next year, next year, I'll, I'll I'll plan on a couple of things. And it's a, a nice contest because, for the most part, you're being judged against yourself. There there are like right. overall awards where you you know you're taking the top dog thing. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it's about you. You get bronze this year. Maybe the next year, the same judge looks at your stuff. You get a silver, mm-hmm. and they they try and give you, like Jim was saying, that that advice to improve. And maybe the next year, kind of go one step up in your award or something like that. It's really a a nice encouraging type of a thing. Yeah, it really is, and that's one of the artist row. People will come up to the artist row with their minis and talk to the judges and talk to the artists um and that's that's even more valuable than winning the award i think in a lot of ways well there's people that i remember talking to years and years ago maybe eight years ago and they they were just at the start of their painting journey and now they've been painting for seven eight years and it's really wild to see what they're doing now all those years later yeah when when initially they just they weren't sure if miniature painting was even for them and the whole idea is to try and encourage folks and just say look here's uh, some really neat things and here's some other fun things you could dry mm-hmm. and just kind of keep them going right because uh miniature painting can be scary for folks that haven't done it and you're always your own worst critic 
I mean, and that's that's a hundred percent true for me in any case. Um, and that was, and I think, and I know that what I was getting frustrated with probably wasn't worth it. But at the same time, I was, I know myself. So, uh, but now since I've gotten back, I ended up with a ridiculous number of minis. Um, and uh, right now I'm working on basing. Uh, I forget how you call it, Jim. A ridiculous number of kobolds or an excessive number of kobolds. Hey, an I excessive amount of kobolds. I recognize that paint handle in your left hand. Oh, this one? Oh, yeah. Jacob Jansen, one of my favorite people at any of these cons. I also, this year, I got a plinth from him yep. that is going to be uh, the base for an Emerald Dragon bust. Uh, I love Jacob. He is such a really nice guy. He uh, is super talented. Uh, he is going to be at Warfare Weekend. Nice. Vendoring. But he also is designing our gold, silver, bronze. Because at our, at our convention, everybody, no matter what piece you put in, you either get a gold, mm -hmm. silver, or bronze. Okay. And then you get, you know, then you can come ask, why didn't this make, you know, silver or gold? And everybody that makes gold gets put in for, you know, overall and then whoever that gets you know the overall championship and so he is making all the gold silver bronze uh trophies for everybody because yeah. we use we used to do coins <clears throat> but uh the cost of metal has skyrocketed and it cost almost uh -huh. three times the amount that we paid last year yep so we're like mm, let me see if i can find somebody that can do really cool stuff and so he's doing this wood resin art type thing, resin pour thing for us. And he's going to make a, a bunch of small trophies for everybody with our logo laser engraved on it and stuff. So, Yeah, they actually mentioned that, how their metal minis, um, they've had to raise some of the prices because the metal has just gone through the, through the roof. Oh, yeah. We used to do challenge coins uh, for our major tournament you know, like if you made it in the major tournament you got this challenge coin that had like our logo and you know saying congratulations you made it type mm -hmm. thing and last year like 50 of them was like 212 dollars and now it's like 470 and i'm like we can't do those <laughs> so yeah everybody's moving away like miniature companies if you're doing metal right now you're scrambling to find yeah. something else to do them in yeah, no, for sure. Um, they have a metal exchange, actually, at the con, and they were saying that <clears throat> it was really tough. The ratio that they can afford to do the exchange at almost isn't worth it sometimes Yeah, for you, the consumer. Yeah, it's, it's getting really bad on metal and plastic and everything else going around nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you did mention on our pre-pre-ramble that um, – you did mention here a little bit about you're doing the uh, RPG, but you had a really good conversation with a bunch of GMs. Yes. Um, so one of the groups that we spend a lot of time with there is uh, Nightheart Gaming, who does all of the video work and the setup and the big table where they hold all their streamed games. Uh, they, it, the amount of work that they put into it is amazing, and their games are excellent. And so I was speaking with a couple of the GMs from that group, um, another GM who was running games. Uh, we were actually sitting at breakfast um, and had a really good conversation about how the past 
four years have changed the way that people are gaming entirely and the approach to the game uh, of specifically D&D, but also RPGs in general. There's a lot of really good um, small label RPGs out there that are a lot of fun and people are taking more notice of them. Uh, One of the guys that I was talking to, he has worked in some of the mechanics from one of the Apocalypse Engine games that he was playing into his D&D campaign because it just is a lot of fun. But being remote, having a lot more digital tools, not necessarily relying on a space to play is getting a lot more people into the hobby that then go to the effort of maybe going to the game stores. Um, the One of the GMs worked at his friendly local game store and hosted games, and he said he's seen a bunch of people come in that have been playing online and wanted to come into the come into the the stores. Um, it was it was a really interesting conversation that we had about that and how, you know, it changes our prep. Uh, I I haven't had I have a notebook that I do notes and things on that's sort of my ideas notebook. Most of my stuff is all on Google Docs or OneNote now, though. Um, and that's what I run my games off of. I'm mean, even in person. I have my laptop behind my screen and I keep a lot of notes and things on that, uh, how it's gone very digital with the exception of the dice. Uh, everybody loves their dice. Everybody. I mean, it's good to have digital dice when you have to play digital, right? But everybody likes to roll dice. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and and it's good to see that people I was one of the things that I've been concerned about is especially around the fantasy. Obviously, uh, in terms of wargaming and things like that, you're not going to see this mass migration away from miniatures and that sort of thing. That's it does it's not feasible generally. Uh, worried about uh, the in, lack of in person and hurting a lot of the miniature companies. Uh, and it was good to hear from a lot of other GMs that I was talking to that that isn't something that they're seeing. You know, this is all anecdotal, of course, but it was good to hear that people are still getting miniatures. Somebody comes in and they want to they'll they'll spend 45 minutes walking through the game store or going through or looking online to try and find um, an STL that the game store can print for them. So they have the right mini for their character. Uh it's, it was it was really good to hear that, uh, especially that, that morning. I was dragging too, so it was it was a, it was the a, a four coffee breakfast with a great conversation. <laughs> which I mean, I, I did see is there was a lot of like one shots going on, which I think are great um, from people that went. They were like people definitely were. Hey, I'm playing in this one shot in D and D, and everybody's using like. Um, D&D Beyond or whatever to make characters yeah. or had that set up and such. Did you run any games this week? Uh, I did not. I was going to run a pickup game um, and we ended up just not being able to for time purposes. Uh, but I did sort of half half run one in sort of just, it was like a half hour of just screwing around trying to teach somebody how to play D&D with a couple of the other painters. <laughs> <coughs> um I actually, when I go to something like that, I really enjoy the opportunity to play more. Um, 
you know, I've I tend to be a little bit of a forever GM sometimes. Uh, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love running the games, but being able to play, especially a couple of times where Asmo and I went in and we were ready to bring a level of chaos hitherto unseen to somebody's table. Um, that's a lot of fun for for me. So I, I enjoy the opportunity to play in those. Uh, so yeah, there were a number of one shots. There are some adventure league games that were there too, that were official and sanctioned. Uh, um, there were a lot of other things as well. Can you explain that? Because I know some people don't know what that is. Sure. Adventure League is a, run by Wizards of the Coast, and it is official D&D. So if you play Magic the Gathering, for example, you get your little card, and you can track your own record <clears throat> uh, in tournaments and things like that. I'm pretty sure that um, GW and the other games have a similar type of uh, structure where you're registered and in there adventure league is that you have a character that fits certain guidelines for official play and it can be used in tournaments it can be used in one shots it can be used in the sanctioned campaigns that are officially run um by them so um yeah exactly mizzy mizzy mentions about it being a con a perk to go to a con where i get to play and it is it's true <laughs> um so those are those are ones that I generally don't do those because I don't have Adventure League characters and I don't play enough to be able to build one up the way I would want to, other than cons. <laughs> In the past two years, not a lot of cons. Um, so what were some of the very, very cool things that you saw vendor-wise that... <clears throat> There were some really, really good. And let me get my little list here because I wanted to make sure I gave a few shout outs to some folks. Uh, there were a lot of really good vendors <clears throat> with a wide array of things. Um, one of my favorite uh, publishers, uh, Frog God Games, they do a lot of D&D stuff, but they do a lot of other uh, RPG stuff as well. They had a really cool booth with a lot of their books uh some new games they have coming out um they do uh just a, a ton of really really neat stuff i'm trying to see where was the one oh goodness where's my pile here oh there was a new one and i don't remember the vendor's name but there was a game for uh was it 1647 or 1467 i'm not sure which which was a game uh a, a tabletop game based around uh, papal the War of Papal Succession, uh, and, but with fantasy elements in there as well. Um, there was um, they. I spent a lot of time with them. Scale seventy six had a their usual fantastic booth with a ton of miniatures of and so not as many paints this year, but. Uh, and some of their gaming supplies as well. Um, let's see. Uh, I will give a shout out. And I, what was the name of them? Oh, I don't have it here. Uh, Goose, the Goose and the, the Book and the Goose, I think it was called. They do handmade journals and <clears throat> game journals uh, that uh, or uh, personal journals. They also have these really cool ones that they do on 100% recycled, reclaimed paper. 
Um, the the artwork on it was phenomenal. Um, there was another group there, um, DGS Games, with a game called Free Blades. Oh yeah, I know Free Free Blades. <laughs> uh, they had a massive booth, and I'll tell you, so those some of those miniatures were just wonderful. I don't know the game well, but I was like, ooh. It's a bunch of these games. I think I'm going to a bunch of these figures rather that I don't even know if I play the game, but I'd love to have some of these miniatures. Um, and a lot of game new game developers, uh, little small little small booths with folks bringing new games into it. Um, I talked with one that's going to. It hasn't been released yet. Uh, it goes the Kickstarter goes up in a few months where it's a. Um, an interesting sort of post-apocalyptic game uh, that they've been working on for a few years. And I love talking with folks like that, that have these labors of love. It's, it's not a, um, a tiny, I mean, it's not all these big um, uh, game publishers that are putting on the, that you get at some of the triple A's. Uh, it was really, really nice. Uh, including a folks that are local to me, well, local-ish, they're in Rhode Island, uh, Galadoria games who um, have these wonderful miniatures that they design and they print and they paint as well as some games that they publish <clears throat> so I'm going to try and catch up with them at one of the local cons later in the, sp in the spring um, and catch up with them some more because they have some amazing amazing minis and amazing art on their stuff uh, I was really impressed with the work that they did <clears throat> but you have to sit and talk with the vendors and spend a lot of time. And um, and it's not, you know, I, I spend a lot of time talking to Jacob anyway because he's, <laughs> he's such a great guy. Uh, but I was talking with a lot of them, a ton of them. Um, and it was it was it was really nice. And they're very everybody is really super friendly and open about it. Um, one of the folks that I was with, it was his birthday. And um, one of the vendors heard oh it's your birthday cool reach back gave him a bust <laughs> <laughs> like happy birthday and he's like this i what no he's like happy birthday <laughs> so i mean that's not something i've seen like i go to pax or i have gone to pax in the past and some of the bigger cons you never see anything like that happening yeah it's very uh, rarely and if, and if you do it's usually from a smaller vendor right exactly um but the other one was um, Cav Strike Operations by Tavern Talon Games. Yep, see that. Uh, their vehicles, man. I don't play those. I, I've never played any of those games, but some of those vehicles. Uh, I was seriously doing math in my head about my uh, my luggage weight limit. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope, 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 nope. But I did take their card, and I am gonna I am gonna take a look at them some more. Um, it was just a lot of fun, uh, just sitting, chatting with everybody. And I have this card from the Tomb of Horrors. I don't remember who it's from. I didn't mark it down. But um, they were giving out these free cards of monsters. as a little stat block on the back. Um, but I, I liked this guy, and I want to find a mini of him, because he reminds me of one of my in-laws. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and they, they it, it's half of half of it is going to the vendors and taking the classes, 
but a much larger half, if you will, uh, is the social aspect of it. Everybody's sitting around, chatting, playing games, uh, getting to uh, socializing. They have a happy hour where it's an open bar for a couple of hours and people will go out and get a drink and just sit in, in the gigantic lobby and shoot the breeze. Uh, I really enjoy it. It is not a con for uh, somebody more interested in the stuff like you, you do in Warfare weekend. The gaming. Uh, the gaming, gaming miniature table, table right. tabletop miniature gaming stuff. Right. Uh, it is great for artists. It is great for... Uh, RPG players and people that are part of these communities. Um, you know, I, I talk to people all the time, but I see them once a year. Um, and it's really good to be able to do that and help build out the community a lot more. So many Twitch streamers are at, at the con. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everybody's pimping. <laughs> pimping, but also just getting, you know, checking in with each other, hanging out. Um and it's the the social aspect can't be denied. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, when I say pimping, it's like yeah, they're talking about their Twitch streams and stuff, but you're also always like, oh, I watched you. Oh, that's cool, type thing. Yeah. Oh, there's that. That's a little weird sometimes for me still, um, like that. And it's kind of funny watching uh, Holly Monster, who is very very. Uh, obvious with her teal hair yeah. and kids especially i love watching her as these 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 young girls especially will come up and bring a mini and ask her to sign them or something like that it's 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 wonderful on the saturdays when we have the big crowds from the outside coming in all of these kids getting into the hobby and watching people like Holly or Yeji or some of the others that are known for by these kids. It's, it's kind of great. Yeah. It, it's, it's always really, even me and I've had it happen quite a few times already. It's weird for them to go, Hey, I recognize your voice. I'm like, okay. Like, do you like do something? And I'm like, uh, well, I have a channel that I stream on and, like, what is it? I'm like, more than dice. I'm like, oh, you're Gonzo. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I listen to you, you know, on my drive to work. I listen to your channel on the drive to work or, you know, and it, and it it's still weird. Because I'll be playing a game with somebody. And then, like, when I was playing Warcaster, I was playing Warcaster mm -hmm. at Adepticon. And this guy was like, your name's Gonzo? I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you do more than dice? I'm like, Yeah. And he pulled out his more than dice that he bought from us like many, many years ago. Awesome. And he was like, he's like, I listen to y'all all the time. I'm like, I'm like, no, you don't. He's like, yeah, I do. And then I had one lady, we were waiting in line at Adepticon. And that was the one that was like, I recognize your, I recognize your voice. And I was like, uh-uh. And she was like, no. And she pulled up her, her phone with her podcast list and we were listening there. And she was listening to us on the way to Adepticon. That's funny. And, it, and it's, it's hilarious and stuff. So it's still, you know, still, I, still comes had in. Somebody, I've had somebody actively get mad at me uh, <laughs> because they find out that my first name really isn't Jim. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, your name is a Jim? How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but now, <clears throat> now I'm a Wapple, so. That's what I was going to say. Now you're a false Wapple. False Wapple. Faux. 
So yeah, it kind it kind of cracks me up even now. I mean, we, I've been doing this for about five years, and I think what three years ago somebody had said they knew me from stuff, and then so on and so forth, and I was just like, whatever, don't don't bullshit me. He's like, no. He's like, I, I listen. I like I like John's you know RPGs that he always has on there, and I'm like, okay, now now I know you're not lying. <laughs> type thing so it was pretty good so um give your breakdown of reaper con it's for who and <coughs> what do you think of it since it's been you know because we're com- we're still pandemic building back best way to put it pandemic building mm. back um compared to other you know reaper cons is this your first one or is this so my second one. I second went to one. last year and then this year. Okay. Um, it was it was bigger. It was um, uh, a lot more people, uh, a lot more artists, a lot more things happening. Uh, it is for like I said, if you're a miniature painter, um, a miniatures fan, an RPG player, this is kind of your con especially if you follow a lot of these folks on twitch especially in the painting community it's a great opportunity to get to meet some of your fellow uh streamers and artists uh there's uh just a, a ton of different things to do in in the area itself beyond the social but it is it is a lot there's a lot there uh, and the Reaper Company themselves, they put a lot into it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of their their miniatures anyway, but the, the, the owners of the company get in there and they're walking with everybody and doing the tours of their, their facilities, things along those lines. And everybody knows everybody or wants to and tries to know everybody. Um, it's, it's great in that respect. Okay. So definitely bigger and better this year than it was last year, which, is, underst- which is understandable because I mean, heck, last year was still a, a hell that was really big because mm-hmm. this was, this has happened just recently and we were nowhere near where we were when like we did Warfare Weekend, right? Pandemic wise, I mean, my hair people still recognize mostly because of my hair, but it was good to not have to have everybody in masks and go. Is that? I think it might be that person. I don't really know. Uh, except for some, there were a few streamers that had special masks printed with their names. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and people people still took it seriously, though, which I, I liked. It. There were people wearing masks, and nobody gave them a hard time. Nobody said anything. People that did or didn't, and it was actually really, really mature in that regard. I was impressed. That's good. I mean, so we spent quite a bit of time. Uh, we only got about like, well, let's just go and go straight to the media section because I know um, <laughs> Wapple has Jim, like Jim has some things to say, uh, like seventy-five <laughs> things to say. <laughs> We're gonna go and get on that. I mean, if we if we have to end early, we end early. We don't care. Um, so I did a bunch of watching this week, um, but I want to talk about because there was a lot of trailers that went off this week. For anybody who didn't know, uh, Disney Plus released a lot of trailers this week, um, which was really, really cool. Um, one of them I saw that I'm really excited for was Tales of the Jedi. Um, it is like 
all the Jedi stories based around the Clone Wars. Uh, so there's just going to be different tales of the Jedi's, and it's done in the uh, Clone Wars um, animation style. But it's like a uh, young Count Dooku, you know, young Ahsoka, you know, young Obi Wan type stories. Which I was like, I'm like, cool. This is it gives me my Jedi fix, gives me a cartoony fix. You know, you can get it done. It can be done easy, um, and it's not going to be a huge problem. So I was like pretty excited for that. Uh, I'm a big Jedi fan anyway, so hey, more power to it. Um, I did see um, the Mandalorian uh, teaser came out, and they are bringing the greatest Star Wars character ever made uh, into the Mandalorian, which is really cool because you see him in the sequels, uh, and it's Boba Freak. Uh, Baba Freak is going to be in the Mandalorian. He pops up and says like, you know, and does some, you know, little exclamation in the trailer. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Baba Freak's in there. He's going to make this 10 times better. Uh, Mandalorian looked really good. Going to be taking a big turn. There's going to be a lot, a lot of Mando, you know, Mandalorian people in this. So it's going to be pretty wild. I think going to be pretty fun. It's been great so far. Um, the one trailer I was really looking forward to in the show's about to come out is Andor. Uh, Andor is going to be the five years before, uh, Rogue One. Uh, and it looked, it looked brutal as fuck, which it should be. Um, I, I got the feels and the emotions just from watching it already. Uh, the little nine minute trailer. And I was like, I cannot wait to see this. This better be super emotional charge, super violent, you know, so on and so forth. But it looked like it in the way the trailer was. And what was interesting, he did, uh, I don't know the actor's name uh, and or his real name. But uh, he said that when they were doing stuff on set or walking through things, they had the orchestra there playing the music as he was walking and doing the scenes. And I'm like, yeah, I would probably get emotional if I was an actor and they had the orchestra playing the music as I was going through the scene. Cause I mean, that would just be like, yeah. that would be so freaking cool. Um, the, the actor, the actor's name is Diego Luna, by the way. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, I was like, I'm real looking forward to Andor. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a part of the star Wars that needs to be told because rogue one was such a powerful star Wars show that rogue one set a precedence that they needed to do, you know, the five years leading up to it. And it, it's, it's, it's part of the, part of the star Wars universe. We don't see because it's always like, Oh, the rebellion's already started. And you know, it's always the fight stuff. And this is the pre pre prequels to you know the rebellion and it's something that should be seen and talked about uh and miss wapple has already stayed in there um the willow trailer came out uh and for anybody that's watched the original uh this is a sequel i don't know how well they're gonna go with the books but it looked a ton of fun um it will not have Mad Mardigan. There will be a friend of Mad Mardigan in it, played by Christian Slater. Um, 
in it. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it looks like a good fantasy show. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Seems like it's going to be really cool and really neat. Um, was that all the trailers that came out this week? There were a number of Marvel ones too, um, but mostly it was around the Star Wars. The Marvels were teasers of teasers. Yeah, I know there was like a Secret Invasion teaser yeah, that was done. The X-Men 97 trailer was a very short one. Yeah. Uh, that one I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, that that's just old, you know, that's my old kid coming out and going, yep, can't wait yeah. to see that. Because that yep. was, that was, those were cool cartoons whenever, you know, we were kids um, type thing. So, yeah, I'm kind of looking towards that. Um, so there were a lot of good trailers this week. Um, Andor was like my really big surprise emotional one. And then, uh, Willow was my, yes, you know, let's, let, let's, let's have some more good fantasy coming out. Oh, for sure. Um, but let's go and give, I'll give one review on something. Uh, it is on Amazon prime and, uh, Samaritan came out, which is the Sylvester Stallone superhero movie. Uh, Samaritan is about, um, a superhero that either, you know, died or disappeared and Sylvester Stallone is that superhero. And so since those two, there's a good guy and a bad guy and supposedly they're both dead and they disappeared or died and the kid thinks Sylvester Stallone's the good guy Samaritan. And tries to prove it and goes through. You know, it really wasn't that bad. Uh, I was expecting a little bit worse because, okay, it's kind of been done before. And I, I, I never even heard about it until someone said, hey, it's out. Or it was like a little bit before. There was like no hype about it, which I was really interested. I'm like, you would figure you'd hear some commercials or, you know, a little bit more talk about it. Um Especially superhero show, Sylvester Stallone. Come on. I mean, um, no spoilers, because I know it still people who still haven't watched it. It wasn't bad. Um, it's a good little popcorn flick. Good fighting, good thing, good superhero stuff. Um, so it wasn't bad. Uh, was it great? Not really. Um, it gets like, excuse me, like a two two space herpes so like i says it, it, it's a it's a good popcorn flick if you got a little bit of time and you just want to kill a little bit of time watching this it was it was all right um had some good twists um it's kind of on par with hancock but less funny and more serious uh cookie was a, a better than hancock or worse or on par it was probably about the same but less comedy and more serious yeah i definitely watch once i i could say you could definitely watch this once and be okay with it um uh, watch it more once nah but watch it once when you have some time go for it i mean a two is not a bad two space upgrades isn't horrible it, it's no indestructible is what you're saying oh no no <laughs> definitely not um so uh big jim what do you got for us this week um I have been watching, um, I, I love Alan Tudyk, so I've been catching up on the new uh, episodes of Resident Alien. 
which is, he plays uh, an alien that came into a crash landed on Earth on a mission to destroy all life on Earth uh, and got stranded and ha- is pretending to be a doctor in a small Colorado town. And it's it's wonderful. Alan Tudyk, I, I love the guy anyway. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he throws himself into characters in ways that just amaze me sometimes. Um, it's a really good show. It is, there's suspension of disbelief I think I don't remember it was here or somebody else was talking about um, some of the shows like Lock and Key and some of those others where you get into subsequent seasons and you're you're like you you haven't learned a thing you're still making the stupid the same yeah. stupid mistakes why why uh, this there's only a little bit of that in here and that's I think the only time where I'm sitting there going oh God why why are you doing this overall it's a great show uh, between that and uh, I've started watching Invincible on Amazon Prime. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, so I'm not going to give a rating. I'm only about halfway through uh, the the first season. But I'm a Robert Kirkman fan anyway. It is a violent, oh, yeah. violent show. It's not The Boys, but it is a violent, gory show. Yeah. Uh, really, really good characters, though. Yes. Uh, I really, really like it so far. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's... I uh, I haven't seen Resident Alien, but I saw that on there, and I was like, oh, that looks like it'd be kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, Invincible, I'm ready for the new season of that. Um, when? We have no clue nowadays. But yeah, who knows? I'm really looking for that. Uh, Mr. Wapple, did you have anything besides Rings of Power? Just Rings of Profit. Okay. <laughs> we will we will talk about that as a, as a later one, because uh, I, I know that's going to... We'll talk about that in the middle. Um so I watched uh, the new episode of She-Hulk, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I had someone message me. They were listening to our podcast, and they said, now that you gave me a take on what She-Hulk's supposed to be, a.k.a. a comedy superhero show, I understand it a whole lot more, and I enjoy it a whole lot more. This one was fucking funny. I'm just going to say it. This yeah. one was great. Um, I'm going to tell you. Uh, you know, Madeline with a, with a, with a Y, but not where it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh, Madison! I love Madison and Wong. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I I uh, I I can't wait for their spinoff. Yeah, I, I can't. Wonger. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it was and and that character is already now a big meme all over the place. Um, it was a really good. Um, She Hulk has been a lot of fun. And that's the best way to put it. I, it's been interesting for me because I have a wide range of friends that are watching it. And there are some that want it to be different. And they're like, they, a quote was, they haven't earned breaking the fourth wall. I'm like, but that is literally since issue two been a huge part of yes. that character. And how it's almost a parody of itself and the genre as a whole. Um, it's been really interesting. Like you can critique the CGI, you can critique some things, but the whole idea is it's supposed to be a lot more lighthearted and punchy and self-referential. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's, there's one part where, um, where Jen Walters goes into, gets into dating Yep. and it's really, really hard for her. 
and then uh, one point in time when uh, it's going well, the superhero life bar- barges in. Yeah. You know, and and it it it's done in such a really good way. It is a parody of itself, while also just I I'm a Tatiana Maslany fan anyway. Like I will watch or- the first three seasons of Orphan Black until I wear out the digital media. <laughs> I I love it, um, and I think she's doing a great job. Uh, but it, as a show, like I, it's funny. I thought this is the weaker of the episodes so far, but it is hilarious, and there's a lot going on. In yeah, there, and it's definitely enjoyable. There's a lot of good tongue-in-cheek type, you know, laughter and one lines, and everybody's like, "So when is Wong gonna get his show?" Because Wong does some really fun stuff. They really build the character. <sighs> He's such a great character in this, and she Hulk pokes fun at that. Um, like, oh, you're just waiting for Wong to show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, and, and it does really good. It still cracks me up that people are dogging on the show that Stanley would have never done this. And then someone goes, Stanley did do this. And someone goes up, what do you mean? She Hulk should not twerk because Stanley wouldn't let She Hulk twerk. And then someone brings up this picture of Stanley presents Stripperella. Right. Know, which was a female stripper superhero. <laughs> And, and in one of the episodes, in one of the issues of She-Hulk, they had her naked jump roping to yeah. try and sales. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. So yeah, that's there's there's a lot that bothers me around some of the fandoms yeah. uh, that I won't I, I won't go into here. But it's just this is a great fun show as long as you understand the setting of it. It's not the Winter Soldier. Correct. It's it's Ragnarok. Yeah. You know. It it's it's meant to be it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be a little silly. It's meant to have a little fun. And and, and that's just what what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed yeah. to do anything else. That's pretty oh, much sure. about it. Um and actually it is pretty much time. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and let's give away something from my sack. Um uh, where are my gloves? I already fondled it, so I know what it is. Actually, oh, nobody boy. put any tickets, it looks like. I bought tickets. Did I anybody? Did. Nobody else did. That's fine. But, all right. All right. Here we go. Let's, let's get this <laughs> going. Down, so. All right. So if nobody else puts in any tickets. Oh, wait. Wait. There. Yep. It actually doesn't show that you, pull, that you put anything. Yes. Busy mentions that the new season of Doom Patrol... I am really looking forward to that as well. Uh, the other show I had watched a little bit of was the Young Justice cartoon on HBO Max. Uh, and that got me all psyched up for Doom Patrol again. Yeah, I can't wait for the new season of Doom Patrol. All right. So Jim was the only one that put in tickets. So, Jim, you win. He has to touch that sack first, though. He has to fondle the sack. It's fine, Jim. I got my glove. Okay. So... You have to tell me when to stop, and that's what you're going to get. Oh, God. Okay, no, no, just stop. Just just please stop. Please stop. Oh, actually, you get two prizes because I'm going to give away both of them for you. Uh, okay. You get uh, two boxes of Starfall, Age of Mercenaries. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, these are done by Metal Oak Games. It is their miniature game, and you get the miniatures, and these are like Sweet. these starter boxes, so you can actually play the game with you and a friend. Oh, nice. Um, Excellent. Scrollkeeper will, uh, I bet Scrollkeeper will jump in on that with me. Yeah. 
Um, I think you get like three or four miniatures per box. Neat. And it comes with a little bitty cards. Uh, rules are online for free. And they got... Oh, cool. So, um, and actually he is a, he is local, a local to St. Louis. Uh, so Jim, uh, send me your uh, address yep. and I'll send these miniatures to you. Um, cool. You get the Agent Palisades and the Cinderfane Paths. Um, and uh, he actually is going to be at Warfare Weekend also selling stuff. Excellent. So. Is that why one sack hangs lower than the other? Yep. Now it's got less. <laughs> it. I, I, just wash them before you send them, please. Thank no, you. No, I won't. I want, my, I want my smell all over them. <laughs> oh, it's Gonzo Funk. Oh. <laughs> so, um, other than that, um, let's go back and let's talk about one other thing. Um, let's see. Uh, Cobra Kai came out this week. The new season of Cobra Kai, which is, uh, if you don't know what Cobra Kai is, then, you know, you're, you're behind the times and I don't, you don't have to worry about this. Uh, new season came out, uh, binge watched it all day yesterday. Uh, great fun. This show is just good fun. Slapstick, you know, doesn't take itself serious. And for the most part. Uh, tries to have some good moral justice, I guess you could call it, on certain things. The characters are fine. It, it's fun to see reoccurring people come back that were in all the Karate Kid shows. Um, so it was fun. I give this season, so far, this is a little bit less than the rest of them. Um, but I have a feeling like either next season or the season after that is going to be the last season. Because you can only do so much karate dojo stuff before you're just mm -hmm. jumping the shark. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It had some good laughs. Had some good, you know, callbacks to the original and everything. Uh, I give it like one and a half type thing. But, I mean, it was still good and fine. Um, we have about 25 minutes. But I don't know if that's enough time for Jim to rant. So we're going to give it to him now. <laughs> do it. Go for it. All right. So Ring of Powers came out. We're going to do a non-spoiler review. So we're not going to spoil it as much as possible. But we're going to try to give it to you as much as this thing. I've watched all three episodes. I enjoyed one and two a lot more than Jim. Uh, I enjoyed one and two a lot. Episode three is my least favorite out of all the episodes so far, but it still wasn't bad in my opinion. Um, I'm not a huge buff on all Lord of the Rings stuff, so the whole timeline and everything, I have to kind of just gloss by because I don't know. And I think that's where I'm, I'm getting more out of it than everybody else <laughs> type thing. Um, it was interesting to see some of the characters and some of the story. Um... I still like watching the Harfoots more than anything else because I want to learn about uh, the Meteor Man character and I want to know who that person is. Um, so it's just going to be a big thing. I enjoyed it. Um, but I have a feeling that they need to... I don't want to say get to the fucking monkey, but that's best way, best way to say it. They need to, get, they need to get to the story and start working with it and start having more involved 
because they're building the world, they're building the story, but we need to not we need to start getting into everything that's supposed to be done and why everything's going. So, Jim, all yours. And I'll be yeah. painting while Jim is talking this time. There's a switch. <laughs> he can so this, he can talk and paint at the same time. <laughs> this may involve it could potentially have some spoilerage in it. I'll try and keep it as non-spoiler as possible. But I mean, we're into the third episode now. It's uh, it's getting really tough to not do that since at least this episode. The pacing of it didn't think like you were just like waiting for death to take you. That was an improvement. That was very nice. There was a little less instances of the cringe-worthy dialogue. So my face is not actually quite puckered up as much as it has been in the previous two episodes. <laughs> Sadly, the Harfoots didn't die in some kind of fiery a cataclysm or something like that. So they're still around, unfortunately. Now, doing their crazy little dances, you do find out just how murderous they are. They are like the most savage and brutal creatures on Middle Earth. Uh, <laughs> just when you get that much of a chuckle out of a guy dying from bee stings at a solemn memorial service, then you know just how cutthroat these folks are. And uh, when they say nobody gets left behind, well, just don't count on that. Yeah, <laughs> Don't get I... injured. If you're a hard foot, don't get injured. Whatever you do, make sure you're ambulatory. Otherwise, you're your warg food, pretty much. Uh, speaking of wargs, a um, little bit of a different take on the wargs in this series. Kind of like a giant chihuahuas with a lot of... It's like a giant chihuahua in a lion suit, kind of. That's uh, sort of what they look like. It was um, very... When I was picturing the wargs, you know, I'm picturing the ones, you know, from the, the movies. And this one was very off-putting. Very it, wild, weird-looking. And uh, unfortunately, here you find out that there's only one elf that can actually fight. It's the short, blonde-haired one. All the other elves get beat up like they're hobbits. Actually, the hobbits are probably tougher than the elves in this show. <laughs> um, yeah, between the elves wearing the maternity wear in episodes one and two, and these elves getting just schooled by one warg. You got like five elves with axes and weapons and, change and chains, and this warg just takes them all out like nobody's business. It's like, wow, no wonder uh, Mordor's about to fall here, and no wonder there's like thousands of orcs building tunnels right under your freaking elf eyes. Uh, it's a little bit kind of like the, what I saw what you did last summer. It's like, did they really do something like that? Um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the nice stuff in Numenor in just a bit, but... When the blonde-haired elf is on Numenor, and she says that, you know, such and such captain saved us from certain death, it's like, well, you were the one that chose to jump in the ocean about 820 miles from nowhere. So uh, maybe that was not a great idea two episodes ago. Again, spoiler alert, the short blonde-haired elf jumps in the water for no good reason, and uh, the reason is less good as the story goes along. Uh, Numenor was kind of nifty. I don't think it's really a spoiler alert to just talk about the visuals. No, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, no, visually, it was that central peak. You can see it from anywhere on Numenor, even offshore. It's just, it's like Mount Everest. It's there. You can always see it. That was kind of nice in the visuals. The, the architecture, you could tell that they had looked a lot at the images of Minas Ithil and Minas Arnor, and you can kind of tell that this was sort of the 
project, uh, you know, the progenitor of those cities. There was a nice little twist where the the big statue has got its arms open in a welcoming fashion, as opposed to later, obviously in the Third Age, when you see the Argonauts that they have their hands raised in defiance and saying, "You shall not pass," basically. So that was kind of a neat little uh, devolution or something like that, where they kind of show these statues more welcoming, whereas when they come to Middle Earth in the Third Age, what they build is a little bit more defensive and more angry in a way. Uh, there was also a touch of elven architecture there too, which there should be on Numenor, especially you know when they built the place. What's a, I don't know if they're going to show that much more of Numenor, because basically each of the five prongs of that star-shaped island is kind of a different environment, different geology. You know, one's mostly forest, one's more mountainous. Not sure if it's going to be homogenous or not, but I mean, I was at least encouraged about that. And I do hope that more more Numenor, more better. By the names of some of the characters, here, this will be spoiler-free. Some of the characters that arise now that they're talking about Numenor, this has to be like year 3600 of the 3800 year second age. So for those that are looking for lore, well, the first 3600 years of the second age kind of like passed by really fast. And you're sort of like at the end of the second age, apparently. I was kind of hoping for maybe each season would be like a century of the second age or two centuries or something. It looks like they're just kind of like they fast forwarded to almost the end. And now we're just going to show you the end. It seems like that. The there was a I have actually a favorite character now in in this show, and that that's Halbred, and he gets to actually do some some fun stuff on Numenor, and he a little bit of his story is revealed, and anything that's going to talk about the Southlands, which anybody that looks at the picture or the promos, it's Mordor. That was something that I wanted to see. You know, will they show how did Mordor get to be Mordor? Because guess what? In the fourth age, it kind of goes back to what it is now, which is kind of interesting. Aragorn frees all the people, which right now kind of being enslaved, which apparently orcs need lots of elf slaves, all in chains, whatever. But that was kind of interesting to see this guy. Uh, obviously, he's a non-canon character, but he, I think he adds... He's he's kind of a plus there. Some of the other non-canon stuff is a little more subtractive, I think. This I like. We'll see if the Queen Regent is playing a double game. Uh, at least Alpharazon is there in court. So that that's a name you're going to, for those that aren't familiar with that sort of stuff, take a look at that guy. He's He's an important character. Well, at least he should be moving forward. The, uh, gosh... They st- again the dialogue. It's almost like they're pretending to be Tolkien. Uh, they almost have to pick a lane. I would almost rather that they they just use vernacular in this because they're trying to kind of create these Tolkienian phrases that are just kind of like somebody used a computer generated program that just like came out with a saying. It's like you know the stone looks down and the ship looks up. All these crazy things that are supposed to be philosophical, it's kind of like more like Mad Libs. It's like Tolkien Mad Libs, basically. And I kind of wish they would just shy away from that. Clearly, it's not something they do real well. Maybe they just kind of give up on those as the show goes along. 
that would be really nice if they did. Uh, there is a little peek at the very end of the third episode. Uh, it's very fuzzy, but it could be interesting moving forward. Um, if it is a character that I think it is, he really already should be on Numenor by now. Um, I don't think they're going to follow that part of the canon. So it looks like they're doing a little something different there. Again, I don't care if it's not the canon. That, that's for, Even the movies, even the original three that everybody loves so much, there was a lot of differences there. There was a guy that was named in there, Imrahil. It's not Prince Imrahil, but it was interesting that they brought out that name because that's my favorite character that was never shown in the, any of the three original Lord of the Rings movies. So again, I don't mind if they don't include this or whatever. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, what, there's there five more episodes or four? I think there's five. Five, I think, yeah. There's five more episodes. Uh, I just, I would, I prefer less Harfoots because I just don't know what they're adding. And uh, I know that Gonzo, you were, you were thinking that maybe Meteor Man might be one of the blue wizards. That's, okay, so I was talking with uh, a friend of mine at work uh, and we were talking about this, and if you were to say that this is Gandalf, you're going to piss off me, because he's not even in this timeline. Um, and I don't think they would do that. They may make it a whole new, you know, I don't remember the name of the the beans that Gandalf is. Uh, that oh, Meyer? Yeah. Meyer, yeah. Yeah. That this may be a whole new one that they're just going to make up, which... I wouldn't be too bad on that, um, but if they were going to stick to canon or try to um, give it precedence, I guess to say, it would have to be one of the Blue Wizards because the Blue Wizards are from this area and they're in this time. And if I remember correctly, there's two Blue Wizards, so they may just yeah. do one. There's two blue wizards, and now they went really, really, really far east. I mean, they went past farther east than Mordor, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, they, th that's who my guess is, is this is going to be a blue wizard um, or a whole new one. And I'm okay with a whole new one because it's not that big of a deal to me. But if they were going to be a named one, to me, it would have to be a blue wizard. It, it's uh, some folks are worried uh, when when he whenever he's around fire or even that first instance when he meets female Frodo and everything kind of gets dark and everything closes in. That's the same thing that Gandalf did when he was trying to tell Bilbo that he wasn't trying to rob him; he was trying to help him. Yeah. And don't take me for some conjurer of whatever you know. That was uh, that was kind of Gandalf's thing, and people are a little bit worried that that this will be just space Gandalf here. Uh, I, I really hope not. Uh, but I again, really hope they don't do this with Randir because he's, he's not supposed to be during this time frame. He's not supposed to be here. Um, there is a precedence of when he's coming, when he comes into middle earth. And I, I think that to me, that would be very bad for them to say that that was, cause that that's, that's a little, now I can forgive a lot of the other stuff, but to me, that would be kind of breaking the whole canon because Gandalf's not supposed to be here during this time frame. The it's other a, people are, and you just say that this is a blue wizard. 
Now you may give it a name, and then you know you won't know who it is because they had to make up a name. But please don't make it be Gandalf. I just I what we're trying to figure out is why are they they're making the well again I'll just refer to it as the short blonde elf. All she can do is fight. All she does, I mean, there are people literally trying to help her, and she's about to stab him in the face. It's one thing to be undiplomatic. It's another one to be a complete jerk. And this this is one of the characters that I just really would like to see die horribly, like <laughs> as soon as possible. And which elf are you talking about? <clears throat> that would be the short blonde elf. That what that name of that character is? Uh, Galadriel. See, to me, I don't have a problem with Gladriel being the way she is because she's got to grow and she's got well, to change into who she's going to be. Because to me, if you were to have her to be this great and powerful and awesome thing that was in the Lord of the Rings movies, it doesn't fit. Then you're just like, you're just copy and pasting. I think they're going to try to bring her up as she's changing and going to have to go and have character development. The problem is, by this point, she's been married for a few thousand years, and she's already a magic user. Um, that That's the disappointment here. You know, even in the first age, and she's already, at this point, she's several thousand years old. I mean, yeah. she's like six, seven thousand years old, and they've got her acting like a teenager, whereas the other elves, even, uh, say, like the elves that you see in the Southland, they are far more stoic more like the elves that you kind of think of they're they're a little bit more stoic not quite so emotional and she is just going off on everybody ready to kill anybody at any time and it just it seems really weird that they devolved her that much just to try and show that uh it's weird because all the other elves seem to be very calm and they're younger than her like Elrond is younger than Galadriel, yet he has more maturity and patience and calm. And it's like, what is going on here? Uh, there are some other folks that are really hoping that this they're not trying to arrange some kind of love story between Galadriel and Halbred. That would be Halbred. That would be weird, uh, especially since, again, at this point, she's supposed to be married for several hundred years to Celeborn, who's in the movies. It's not like just a book thing. He was there in the movies. You see him quite plainly. And the, the fellowship talked to him. So it's like, hmm, wonder what happened to him. Where did he go? So that that's the one area where they're just it's like, why? They didn't need to do this. They could have had her also as a, well, even a, like a Dogodor was at the Hobbit movies. Does she raise a sword? No. Who's the one that banishes Sauron? It's her. She just like she uses her own essence to do it, but that's how powerful she was. She's like, yeah, you guys with the sword, you just put those things away, put the pointy sticks away. I'll take care of this guy, and it's kind of like, you know, she could do that long before, even in this age, she had that kind of power. So it's weird. Actually, right now she should be protecting Lothlorien with that ring of power that she has. So that's also another weird thing. How does how is she going to end up with one of these three rings that survives? Yeah, see, and I think that's where it is. We've got a lot of time frame that people that know the time frame are having issues with, and people that don't know the time frame don't care. Because, like me, I don't know all the time frames and how long people are there, and it's just it doesn't bother me. So I've just been like, eh, okay, 
Um, and one thing I did have to do, because Isildur is in this one, and I had to look up. I'm like, wait a minute. How long does this guy live? And he, he actually lives like 236 years, and he's only like 16 or something in this one, you know, type thing. You know, he's, he's a young adult type that, thing. That's my... And why is Elendil only a captain? I mean, he's practically... I mean, he is like... Just no, not a king, but he's pretty far up on that food chain. A lot further than a captain, unless captain. And they don't treat him like the commander, like that a captain is an admiral. They just treat him like a random, like he's just a captain of a schooner or something. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people are having issues with. Is a lot of people know the timeline, and the dates, and they're like, this doesn't go up with what the timeline of the books are. And me, I don't know the timeline of the books. And I'm like, I had to question because I know Isildur. I was like, well, he's supposed to, you know, cut off the fingers and all this other stuff. And how long is that? So he is, he's alive for 236 years uh, before he dies. So we're going to have to see him get the ring. But when are we going to see him get the ring? And when are we going to see that fight? You know, what's, what's, what's the end game of the series? Because eventually, you know, you you and I talked about this a little bit was that it's a five year series. If it keeps getting renewed, it's going to be five years worth of information. Then it'll be over. So they've got to have an end game in sight and they got to start working on season. One's going to have to really big up and be really building. And then season two is going to be the Oh shit season. In my opinion, the other thing that was a little weird is that Numenorians are almost seven feet tall and you have a middleman or they call them a low man. He should be a foot and a half shorter. Now, of course, in some ways you could say it's impressive what he does. Remember when those, in that scene towards the end of it yep. where you kind of, you, you see he's yep. a little bit, maybe more. Um, if those guys were like Numenorean sized and he did that, that would have really been that much more impressive. It's like, okay, you can't find there's there's not like dozens and dozens of six foot eight people just walking <laughs> around that you can hire. So yeah. you, know, you can kind of understand that. It it just would have been neat. To, it would have been really impressive to show this guy. But why is he still in rags? That's the other <laughs> thing too. Is why is he walking around in rags? And the short blonde elf is like doing slow mo cuts on the horsey with the elegant robes. It's like, wait, what happened here? I do. You know, I. I do want to say that they have done something that I was very impressed with is uh, she's walking around barefoot. Um, in my Lord of the Ring knowledge, all the elves were barefoot most of the time. And I remember reading in the book when um, Legolas was walking across the snow when they were going through the pass. He walks on top of the snow and he's barefoot during this. But in the movie, of course, he did walk on top of the snow. But he had boots on. And that's just pure, you know, artist thing. So I wonder if they're going to keep her barefoot just because that scene and they haven't given her shoes. Or, you know, if they're going to keep that part of the thing. Because there was, I'm, there were times when she, you know, she wore shoes previously. I'm just wondering if they're going to keep her out of shoes or not. But that was just something I noticed. Because according to lore, elves never wore shoes. When they went out or went anywhere, but 
Again, I, I, I'm not one of the folks that says, I want this thing to fail. I want it to be horrible. I actually wanted it to succeed spectacularly. Then I realized the best I could hope for was that it just wouldn't be hideous. And, and I'm just I'm just hoping. Uh, I was a little bit encouraged by this last one here. I thought, well, maybe uh, they just really got off to a super rocky start, and maybe they're starting to get into things. Uh, I certainly do hope so. Uh, for the sake of just the, the franchise and everything, wouldn't want to see it just flop completely. So I'm hoping that you know the next episode we're saying, wow, this was uh, better than the third and, and the fifth is better than the fourth. <laughs> I certainly as heck hope it goes that way. Yeah, I think I think it's going to get better uh, and, it's, and, it's, and I think it's going to go better. Um, I will say that the sets and everything else look great. Uh, Numenera was really cool to see. Um, just got to wait to see what's going to happen. And I, I'm curious of when they're going to do uh, the destruction of Numenera. It's going to be, when is that going to happen? Because it's got to happen. Uh, it definitely can't be this season. I, I would say it, it's got to be maybe third season, maybe somewhere in the middle. Because, I mean, you basically, and this is just a canon part of it. This is yeah. not the, the show part. Numenor goes over beats this you-know-what out of Sauron. Sauron takes fair form. He becomes an elf, becomes an advisor to the king, corrupts the king, gets them to worship Morgoth. You got human sacrifice on Numenor. Are they going to go through all of that? Because it, that that all leads to the destruction of Numenor. And I think they're trying to build up uh, like who is part of the faithful and who's part of the king's men. And uh, obviously Elendil still part of the faithful, the queen regent maybe she's playing a little bit of both sides who knows but obviously the the faithful kind of get off in their little rowboats and escape while the king heads west like the place where you know galadriel jumped off the boat that's where he tries to take his whole fleet ignores the gigantic hundred mile wide eagle-shaped cloud telling him to go back east and they end up uh, not doing so well and then numenor gets zapped but of course sauron is on it and the reason why you see Sauron in the armor is because he couldn't take fair form anymore after the destruction of Numenor. So you have to kind of have Sauron on the island first. You have to show the corruption of Numenor, the human sacrifice. How long are they going to take to show that? Are they going to you know, kind of introduce Numenor here and then do the corruption next season and then maybe the destruction the third? Yeah, that, that's going to be something that's interesting to find out um guys we're actually going to be running out of time um we could go on for probably another seven hours i'm sure with uh jim on <laughs> sorry lord of the ring stuff uh no it's okay but we we did we did make our time uh and i don't want to push uh, too much more into that um guys we appreciate you um hey thanks cookie we only got one space herpes from cookie this week it's probably because i'm here that's where the one comes from i know cookie yeah (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate everybody that came in and listened or listens on uh any of our other platforms it is uh really great to see and hear that um we're gonna be sending y'all off to the painting dad uh he is working on a giant i went and checked his channel out real quick and uh, we'll give them all over there and send y'all to that one. Um, don't forget to join us next week. Um, I may do some streaming of Guild Wars 2 since I started playing that recently. 
um, for funsies. Won't be like a long one or whatever. Uh, hopefully this week we will finish up a recording of an RPG that we've been doing uh, called Die. Uh, this could be the last <laughs> episode. Depends on if everybody can get together on Monday or not. <laughs> Uh, I was sick, okay? I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> and we can finish that story up and uh, release those episodes um, for everybody to listen to because um, we haven't released a single episode because it's kind of a ball-breaking RPG um, and, and, and kind of an emotional one. Uh, but other than that... Um, Guys, please take care of yourself. Please watch out for each other. Please do everything you can to be healthy and hang out with each other and look out for each other so we can see you at the next convention. For myself and everybody else that's listening, I'm Gonzo. I'm second best Wapple. And according to uh, chat, I'm Big Jim Wapple. good night hit that raid button and go and say hi to the painting dad it's always good to send people that are doing new streams three two one raid